DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Well, now you've seen all 10 episodes of the Michael Jordan self-approved documentary, <laughs> The Last Dance. <laughs> now, you had some interaction with him because, believe it or not, and if people miss this in a previous week, they can go back to listen to 1280thezone.com, but you told the story about... Steve, about uh, Michael Jordan coming to Fresno and doing camps. And you had a, and Steve, you had a bunch of great stories there. So you knew him on one level, but did you learn anything about him in these 10 episodes you didn't know, or was it just the little glimpses of behind-the-scenes interaction that cracked you up? You know, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly there was a lot of things I had not seen or, or heard in, in terms of the, the team and the coaches and the experiences are many of those things though uh today you know without you know there wasn't a lot of social media back then there wasn't you know the internet like there is today and there wasn't twitter and instagram and and uh, because all of this would have been way more transparent if that had been and we would have known much more about this story than we we learned after the fact but i, th- I think the, the 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 thing that just reinforced with me that it didn't matter what he was involved in, he, he was the most competitive person that I had ever been around. And, and not always in a negative way, in, in a positive way as well. I mean, he could still make you feel good beat, beating you in something, whether it was playing tennis or ping pong or shooting free throws, whatever it might have been. But his, his competitiveness was just off the charts. And, and that's one of the things that I maybe I, I kind of knew, but I learned to really, really, really appreciate in terms of uh, the the trials and the challenges and all the things they're dealing with in such a public life, but he never lost that competitiveness, and that's what made him special. And uh, and, and to be honest with you, it uh, not to say that because I know that just listening to former players and guys that played against him, and uh, it, it wasn't always a pleasant experience. He wasn't a fun guy to be with all the time. It's probably especially in practices. But but looking back, it, it was those intangibles that he had. Obviously, talented, very 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 talented and skilled, and just an amazing guy. But it was the intangibles that made him really special and do the things he did. And and he was able to do that in a way that yeah, probably upset his teammates at time, but never to the point where they quit on him or gave up on him. Uh, you know, so collectively, he would not only he was kind of like a player coach in some respects, and 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 certainly they had great coaches there and uh, how they handled things. But I look at Michael being the uh, the greatest example of a player led team. He he's one, and you talk to coaches today and anybody, and you know that the best teams that you ever coached were player led. It doesn't mean that you didn't set a foundation and. For, for to having a, a you know a wonderful culture and all of the expectations, setting goals and having role, everybody having a role and understanding that. But at the end of the day, the best teams are player-led teams, and Michael Jordan is the greatest example of that. I don't care if it's in business, sports, or whatever. His his handprint was all over that uh, those six championships. So when you took over at BYU in the mid-90s, it literally was at its worst shape that it had ever been in. It took you three or four years, and then you built that thing up, and then you won the conference tournament. You get in the NCAAs. I remember being there in the Thomas and Mac talking to you, and it was such a 
such a struggle to get there, and you got there. And then you look at Jordan with the struggles of losing in the playoffs to whether it be the Celtics or the Pistons. And then obviously he got there at a higher level. But how much sweeter is it to get there when you finally get there after you've had the struggles and the process to get where you want to go? That's a great question because, you know what, every every job I ever had was kind of a rebuilding deal, whether it was a brand new high school or it was a junior college that was kind of had been decimated and, and, and BYU were, they have a great history there. It was just circumstances and a situation that led to, to what happened. And even at Fresno State, the same thing. And I'm going to tell you that as I look back, I had to do an interview yesterday, kind of a face-to-face thing here in the community. And so I had, I was kind of in a reflective mood preparing for that. And that is the greatest satisfaction that I got from my coaching experience for 37 years is the opportunity to, to build and, and to see just the development of myself, the coaches, players overcome. You know, I, I will just share this briefly. The greatest experience I ever had in coaching was in a team that won eight or nine games. And that was my first year at BYU. And uh, we, we had a hodgepodge of junior college guys, several of them, ton of walk-ons. A lot of the players that had been in the program the year before had gone on missions. So it was, it was a complete redo. And uh, that team fought and scratched. And I, I, I love that group of guys as much as I love any team I coached because they, they just bought in. And, and it was one of those deals where we're finishing the season. And, and you're going to remember this, Pat, because you were there. But we, we've won seven games. Yeah. I, think we're, I don't know exactly. We're probably 7-18, 7-19. I'm not sure what we were. And uh, we had met as a team in practice, and we were going on a road trip to play. Uh, at the time, I think New Mexico was 13th or 14th in the country. We're going to go up to UTEP and play coach. We're going to coach Haskins, good teams there. But the idea was that, if you remember back in that WAC, there were 16 teams. Not everybody qualified for the tournament. And... Uh, so I can remember being with the team and telling them that, hey, we've got an opportunity here. There's still goals to be – there's a goal for us that to make this whack tournament, you know. And, and we had a great team meeting and had practice afterwards, came back in and getting ready to leave. And I, I, I just popped my head and I said, listen, we, we can do this. We can go there. We can, we can beat New Mexico. We have – you know, and, and I, will, I left the, the, the locker room and I thought, what in the heck are you talking to these kids about? You know, I mean, this is myself thinking, well, what are you thinking? You know, I mean, they've been struggling just to get through this thing. And so I walked, popped my head back in and I said, we can do this. Get your mindset right. Well, as it turns out, we ended up having uh, a snowstorm and we couldn't even fly out of Salt Lake to get to New Mexico. We had to take a, a bus to Vegas, fly out of Vegas, and it, ultimately we got into Albuquerque like at, I don't know, 1 or 2 in the morning. So there's no practice beforehand. There wasn't going to be a shooter, and I just felt like we needed to get sleep. So we show up at the arena about an hour early and get shots up. And anybody that's been to the pit knows that place is crazy. They had a good team, and uh, 17,000 people there. We make like our first seven or eight shots in a row. Well, long story short, we're up like 20 at half. And uh, which is incredible. And we're playing a ranked team with uh, a hodgepodge of junior college guys that are just tough competitors. 
and just you just love them to death because every day they brought it to practice. And, uh, and this was the day they started making baskets. At the first TV timeout, at the first TV timeout, we were like up two or three. I mean, they had made a run on us, and uh, we gathered <laughs> gathered ourselves, called the timeout, and uh, that group of young people just did incredible things. Hung in there and hung in there. Danny Bowery, I remember a young man, he, was, he, he, he had some big threes. He was a junior college transfer from Rick's College. Anyway, we ended up winning that game, and it, it was incredible. It's like it was a, maybe a life-changing experience, and I, and I can remember going the next day and Coach Haskins coming out to my practice as we're doing a, a shoot-around at UTEP and, and sharing some things with me, and that may be for another day, but just shared some really special things for me as a coach. And then that night we beat them in triple overtime, and uh, it was uh, Lance Archibald hit a big three, McKelly hit a, a, a game-winner, and we, we sweep the road trip and go to the tournament. And so, yes, you know, when there isn't a lot of pressure on teams that are young and you're starting over, I understand the pressure comes when you start winning and then you, it's expected. So we, we didn't have to deal with that burden. But that was the most special experience I had as a coach at any level, a group of young men that uh, just had been put together at very late in the year, and found a way to do one of the most special things I've ever experienced. And, you know, it's not like winning a championship or going to the tournament, but when you look at the circumstances and the environment, um, that's right at the top of my list. Steve Cleveland joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We always hear that coaches suffer the losses more than they enjoy the wins. So I thought of you watching the last episodes of The Last Dance because Jordan gets title number six. And in the locker room, he and Scottie Pippen are having a good laugh about the team being broken up, and they clearly in that moment are so into the championship, everything is funny, and it doesn't drag them down at all. And Jordan at the piano, still in some champagne-soaked jersey, and talk about staying in the moment. How come he can do it and most people can't, and is that a big part of what made him different and more successful? Yeah, I, I think it is. And you really, the special people, and not, I don't care if it's in the theater, music, sports, whatever, there are people that can be in the moment and stay in the moment and play at the highest level. And I'm, I'm not sure what the special sauce is for that or the formula for that. Uh, I, I think that is in your DNA, honestly. And when you see it, you've, you've all been around a lot of great athletes and see how people rise to the occasion and do special things in special moments. And, and we probably, and of course, you know, you, it, it becomes larger than life. And, and it probably puts a lot of pressure on people when they don't succeed and when they don't fail, when they don't, then there's comparisons made and, you know, they don't have this or they don't have that. But I think in Michael's situation, and I, I think you could look at every facet of life, but you look at people that have kind of that, that DNA where they can in the moment be relaxed and know how to breathe and, and just, just block everything out and make big baskets and make big plays. Um, yeah, that, that's something very unique and special. Not everybody doesn't have that. In fact, most people don't have that. Even, even success, very, very successful people. It's a very elite group of people that have that in sport. And uh, not that that, you know, his teammates didn't have opportunities to, to do great things, and they did. 
you know, everybody kind of steps up and have moments. But people that consistently do that, well, that's really difficult. And and you're right. I I think that you you mentioned early on in that comment that you know coaches take the losses harder than anyone, and it, and that is the absolute truth. I mean, it's more it's more relief. It's more relief, and, that, and that's when you know that that you have to get your priorities straight again. I, I remember going through some of those times as a coach where there was an expectation to win and you're, maybe you're playing an opponent that's not supposed to beat you and, uh, and you end up beating them and you don't even enjoy the win. It's, it's, it's kind of like it's relief. Let's get on to the next one. And I, I know there were times in my life that, that that was a burden where I just felt like, what, what am I doing here? You know, I mean, if I can't enjoy this experience, and it was more like, okay, let's get the game prep for the next game. You, know, you don't have time as you're playing a day later and you're playing somebody else. And when you really do reflect, it sometimes uh, not even may, maybe you will at the end of the year and certainly take some time. But I can tell you this, being 10 years away from it uh, or, you know, eight, eight, or, eight or nine years away from it, uh, I can really reflect back now and appreciate what young men did, what coaches did, and, uh, and and experience some of that joy. Because a lot of times during when you're in the battle in the heat of the moment, you're not. And uh, Michael was someone that seemed that he could he could be in the heat of the moment, the battle, and take time to really enjoy it, and then get back on it. And but for coaches, it's much more difficult. How intoxicating and how much of a drug is winning? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, the problem is that we live in a society that in, and in sports specifically that it's, that you're defined by that. And, and no, you know, that's not, it, that's not who we are. It's not, you know, sometimes coaches, players are misunderstood because of how they deal with the you know the win at all costs and and when things don't go well and uh, and so a lot of that perception and hype is created through the media created you know con- the constant barrage of who are the winners and who are the losers and you know y- you have to really isolate yourself as a coach and uh, and as a player to not listen to all that noise. And I don't mean to be derogatory about the media or anything, but that's just life, man. That's how it is. And we're everybody's under the microscope. So uh, it's, it's not an easy thing to deal with. And, and certainly the more you win, the more the pressure is. And you have to learn how to cope and deal with that. I did that well at times, and other times I didn't. Uh, and it's a lot easier for me to look back now, sitting in my office here, talking about it. But when you're living that, and... Uh, you're sick. I mean, I can remember being sick to my stomach and literally being physically sick before games, you know, just because of all of that pressure that mounts up. And most of it was put on myself, you know, and because of that winning. And so how you handle winning is really important. We've seen a lot of people in, uh, especially coaches, that it's really taken a toll on their personal lives, on their marriages, on all the things that happen off the court. I mean, there's been many examples of, of what this game, and, and I'm not just talking about basketball. I'm talking sports in general at the collegiate and professional level. There is a great deal of pressure, and you have to be able to really have a sense of who you are and know who you are and whatever your faith is, whatever your beliefs are, whatever your philosophy is, that uh, 
the things that are really important in life, that's got to be where you go back to. And, you know, if you have a family and, you know, you may not always have a family. Maybe you're a single guy coaching and doesn't have extended family around him. Everybody needs a support system around him just to kind of deal with that. But it is, that's one of the really challenging things about coaching is that we don't enjoy the success as nearly as much as we should until maybe we're retired. Well, Steve, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for uh, joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Take care.